You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my legendary Never Faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and the catastrophically creative and eternally optimistic Gibbles and Bits. How are you guys doing tonight? Yo, 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 episode two of the night. Woo! Yeah, this is uh, this is number two. This is number two, guys, uh, because we did a mulligan before this. And now we're doing a, uh, a a regular show because there was we really wanted to do the mulligan, guys. We really wanted to do the mulligan. Like, let's be real. We we really wanted. We were to very do hype it. about the mulligan. It, it was yeah. great. It was a lot of fun. As a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons nerds, that's what we wanted. But how can you yeah. ignore all of these sweet, sweet new LOR cards when it's reveal season? I suppose you cannot. Yes. Hence the second so, episode. Yeah. So we had to do a full a full regular episode and a mulligan episode this week. Uh, so, you know, you guys, we, we cleared our schedules, slaving away at the mics, endless hours, uh, to bring you two episodes this week, the old double whammy. So, you know, somebody came to me at work this week and said, today specifically, and said, are you excited for it to be Christmas season? And I said, you mean reveal season? And they were really confused when I said that. But somebody (laughs) else in my work also happens to play LOR and is in our Discord. Oh my gosh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got some. Wow. Are you surprised that I get community outreach and I got somebody else involved from another no, area of my not life? Not surprised in, at all. No, yeah, no he's, loop he, him in. Loop yeah, he's, him in. yeah, he's a big That's gamer right. in general too. So I, I brought him on in, and when I said that, because we all have like our mics and our cameras on, I saw his his. It, it took a second or two, and then his eyes lit up, and he was like, "Oh my god, I know what you're talking about." So <laughs> it was, it was so cool. Everybody loves a good inside reference, you know. Yes, yep, yep, yep. So it is reveal season. We're going to be talking cards. But before we talk about cards, we also you know, like talking about nerd stuff in general. I didn't talk about this much on the show. But today, uh, or in the other episode, but today arrived in the mail was my Anycubic uh, Photon S uh, 3D resin printer. Um, wow. Which, bro. Okay, so this this printer two years ago was like five hundred bucks when it came out, which like I'm never buying a three D printer for five hundred dollars. But on Black Friday, they dropped this thing from like two thirty to ninety nine bucks. Wow, a hundred bucks. That's unheard. And of. it is a really nice, like the ones they're doing now are so insane. Like the the sure. science behind <laughs> these things are just getting crazy. So they're trying to liquidate what they have laying around the and just get something stock, out of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's two years old, so they're like, let's just, uh, we're basically giving it away, but they're basically giving it to me, so it's really great. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, I'm doing my first test print right now, which is like the Eddie Cubic, like, cube uh, test print. It's printing. And then uh, tomorrow, probably, I uh, will be subscribing to Loot Studios, which, if you don't know what Loot Studios is, they do a batch of basically 25 to 30 highly detailed, amazing looking, beautiful miniature STL files every month. And you get access to all of them for a subscription of 15 bucks a month. And when you subscribe, you not only get that month's, but then you also get the uh, the welcome pack, which has another 40 models in it with terrain, buildings, uh, uh, tavern tables, tavern patrons, bar keeps, bars, drunk guys, 
everything that you would need to set up an amazing 3D D&D tavern that you can print on your own, and it costs you 15 bucks to get all of those files plus whatever this month is, which in this month, you get two giant dragons that you can 3D print Dang. in pieces. Hot diggity daffodil. So, Hot diggity yeah. dragon. So, man, I'm, I'm happy. I'm just down there inhaling the resin fumes, just huffing it and dying. And uh, and pumped about that. So <laughs> yes. Uh, now, wow. Gibby, did you buy the? Um, uh, well, go ahead. I, 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 if you have anything else to, to share and banter before I ask you about the event pass, if you have anything anything lame that you want to talk about from your own yeah, life that will anything. by no means rival my resin printer. <laughs> yeah, you've got nothing on my ninety nine dollar resin printer. So Ooh. proceed on with your cool life. Let's talk about. <laughs> 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 good, 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 good. And, and the winner for coolest purchase this week goes to. And that's me, Mark. Um, yeah. He has a brick in me over here. Yeah, uh, that's me. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, did you get? I was just curious though. Did you get the event pass, Gibby? Not a chance. You did not buy the event pass. No, because for... the coolest thing that I wanted, I already got for, and it was part of the free thing. It was the Caitlyn emote. I'm really surprised. Wait. You don't do much with the prismatics. Like you're not big on the prismatics. I, Would I, you guys see, like to ask me that question? Uh, um, I know you didn't buy that. <laughs> you didn't. Moving on. <laughs> Nobody cares what the things that I didn't buy. <laughs> no, I didn't buy. I didn't buy the event pass. I did consider it. I mean, and I, I last time we talked about this, I did say that this was going to be one of the event passes that depending on how much I was in the game and depending on how far I got in the event pass, it might be one of those things where okay, there's a day or two left in the event pass. And I go, all right, I'm pretty far in it. I'd be satisfied with the things that I've already gotten past level-wise that if I bought it now, I'd unlock all of these things and it'd be worth it for me. But knowing that if it's holiday season and I had a lot of travel going on, and I still do. I didn't know how often I would be in the client and be in the game, um, just grinding games and having fun with it. So I didn't know how far I was going to get. It looks like right now that I am sitting... Uh, maybe about halfway. Um, okay, I, so you've done a lot of the quests. The yeah, big quests which so it kind of is validating my decision to not necessarily get it. I mean, we've got a day and fifteen hours remaining, and I look at what I'd get right now, and there's a, there's that really cool hex tech crystal card back, and I would love to have that with the rest of the stuff that's in there right now. Um, on the Eye of Zon stuff as well is pretty cool, but I it's not enough for me to pull the trigger and, and to buy the pass. Yeah, I get that. I spent, so I bought it in today with an hour, with a day and 19 hours left. I, I grinded this weekend, really is what I did. I grinded this weekend um, in Path of Champions and on stream uh, today, and I finished it uh, just a couple of hours ago. Nice. I grabbed the, the last pieces of it. So the, if there's one thing that gets me to play games, it is grinding out cosmetics uh, for that I don't even use or remember that I have. So... There Especially you go, if it's cosmetics that your daughter's like, you know, yeah, he likes he likes a good grind. Like mm -hmm. we, you know, I do. I do. I, th that is a legitimate thing. Like it's 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 totally fair, right? There's something that scratches, you know, the back of your head, the, the back of your mind, like checking something off a list, and that's basically yep. what what hitting those levels on event pass is. So fair. Yeah, that that and it that it there's definitely truth to that. And that's one of the things I liked about building a collection in in card games. I, I like that stuff. But what have you guys been playing? Have you guys been playing some LOR? I've been playing a lot of Path of Champions 
And I've been back on Lee Sin Riven to kind of get my win each day in order to get my two Hextech crystals. So I've been playing some Lee Riven. I played some Expedition, um, and I went six wins, 6-0, six and then lost in my final game to a Poppy uh, Shavana Lucian deck, which was just way too much Demacia. I was playing 100% mono uh, Riven LeBlanc, uh, just pure burst aggro Noxus in Expedition. It was a lot of fun, uh, but I just didn't, it was like really dependent on seeing overwhelm cards. If you did not see overwhelm, you couldn't get above them with all of my like plus five attack bursts. And the last game I ran out of overwhelm characters and didn't pick any up. And so I, I ended up losing, but Gibby, how about you first? What have you been playing when you've had the chance to play amongst traveling and LOR? Yeah. So I've been playing um, a, a couple decks. Um, so I did create uh, two decks in particular. Um, one kind of with the help of the community. Um, but I've, I've created a deck. I said, I want to go and build a deck that utilizes uh, a couple cards in the game that I really like that I don't feel like have been touched in a while, uh, at least as a center of a deck. So I wanted to build a deck around the Phantom Prankster, which is a three cost zero three that says whenever an ally dies, deal one to the enemy nexus. So kind of a burden card. And there's a similar mm -hmm. kind of card that says never glade collector, the five cost two four. When an ally dies, drain one from the enemy nexus. So two different engines just to kind of burn things out with some of the um, ephemerals and other spawning tools that SI does. So I built that. I, I asked the community in, in our Discord, hey, give me some ideas. Help me. Let's let's build this deck together. And and some of our community came up with some really awesome builds, some trial and errors, a couple that we really didn't like after playing and then found a build that we liked. And I, and I built upon it my own different list, which I've called the, uh, the Swing Set Assassin. Um, because the Phantom Prankster is this cute little girl that's just well, cute little ghost girl that's just swinging on a swing set, and she often is the one that will burn you down. So, I play. I made that deck called the Swing Set Assassin, and then I built my own deck off of a uh, of a completely different type of a of an archetype that I really liked. Um, I ran it as an early game in my Lucian and uh, Riven aggro build. That I made a little bit ago, but I was like, what other shell could I run that early game in? Because I really think that if you hit Lucian, if you mulligan for it and you hit Lucian and Senna on two and three, I think it's just almost a really unstoppable, really hard decision for your opponent to make and play around. In an early game, you can kind of send them into a tizzy. So I created a deck called Body Swap and it runs Body Swap. Body Swap. And it runs Fleet Feather Tracker, and it runs Lucian and Sar and Sharp Sights and stuff like that, and Senna, the Undying. So you're you're that helps towards the level up for Lucian and things like that. Running Chronicler of Ruin because you can kill your own Senna to level up Lucian, and then it summons Senna back again. Same thing, you can, you can kill your own Lucian to Senna, to res uh to level up Senna uh, mm. to get her added added benefit. Spirit leeches, stuff like that. Ethereal remitter to kill something off and summon another to something two cost or more above it. Radiant guardians for some healing. Genevieve uh, to give everything uh, plus one. And but I'm also running in this, so it's technically in terms of champions, it's Lucian, Lucian and Callista. So Callista resummon can resummon Senna. She can resummon um, Genevieve, which is typically the most common target. Resummons sure. Genevieve and gives everything idea. plus one plus one again. Um, Rekindlers just to kind of keep your champions flowing. So that's a really fun deck. I've been having a lot of success with it. Um, I just love the archetype. See, this is really funny because like a year ago, 
maybe a little over a year ago, I was talking about that deck. I was playing the shit out of that deck. Um, minus the Genevieve. I, I don't think that might not have even been out yet. Um, but yeah, Lucian, Callista, Undying. There's so much mm-hmm. to love there. There's so yeah. many cool things. Now, that was, of course, before Cursed Keeper got nerfed twice. Uh, are you still running Cursed Keeper in there? Nope. Yeah, that yeah, probably that would be a hard one to justify at this point. With it's it dying at worse. two defense, it's it is pretty awkward. But um, yeah, with the amount of spells and stuff out there, I found it more beneficial to try and like. So I'm running Fleet Feather Tracker as my one. It's the only one mm-hmm. drop I'm running, hmm. and then my two drops are Lucian, Glimpse Beyond, Sharp Sights for protection if I need it, uh, and Bright Steel Protect two Bright Steel Protectors because sometimes that's more important to be able to drop a bright steel protector on something going in mm-hmm. just so that way I mean the stuff's got quick attack on it but anything it just it just now, avoids it from getting killed by a spell. Are you running the right or the um the one that summons the three one ones with ephemeral? No. Interesting. I, I, I would have thought that, that would have been a big inclusion for both leveling Callista and Lucian. You I mean, could I, I, I see the validity of it. Um, but with me running the undying in the mm-hmm. deck, I you start mm-hmm. to think about board space. Uh, so I, I found it I found it better to not. Interesting. Um, especially with running the ethereal remitter, who's trying to kill something off, probably kill off an undying to summon a five cost. Um, twice I killed an undying and summoned uh, a a um, what's it called a radiant guardian, which was bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they 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 did their best to kill my Radiant Guardian. They had to split it amongst two spells. So they played a spell, and then I just Chronicler of Ruined it, and it just resummed it again at full power, and they were like, okay, concede. It was, it was you know, really great. Uh, Undying remains one of my favorite cards that this game has ever had. Yep, and me too. I actually really love Oblivious Islander in that deck to uh, oh, to heck. discount. Yeah, oh, heck. Uh, that's my, that's my uh, Discord Avatar. Uh, Avatar is the uh, Oblivious <laughs> Islander. I love Oblivious Islander in in any deck with Undying because if there's anything that makes Undying even better, it's bringing it on turn two uh, and then on, making it ephemeral. die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so fun to get that started like on turn two, but um, that's cool, man. I, I, I you send me your Very current cool. send me your current code for that. I'd love to give that a little bit of uh, a little bit of play. Uh, I've basically only been playing a couple rounds, and and really, I I haven't been playing very much at all, um, like for the last month and a half, honestly, maybe even a little longer. But uh, watching Mark, I mean, no offense to Mark, I said this last week, but watching Mark lose to uh, <laughs> Brom Vlad may have ignited my interest in the game again because I just remembered how much fun Brom Vlad is and how much I love that deck. So I've played a sure. couple odd games with Brom Vlad, and it it remains both fun and extremely good if you know what you're doing. And the true secret to Brom Vlad, if you want to know how to win with Brom Vlad, it's playing might. Because as I've been saying for the entire history of this podcast, overwhelm is the best keyword. Uh <laughs> So, uh, you can steal so many games with Might. It's it's absurd. Play Might in your decks. <laughs> Check out Might. That's, that's yep. Well, uh, you know, hey, we've been playing a little bit, uh, which has been which has been great. And uh, I've been playing, I I've playing wider variety, I guess, of uh, of you know the ways to play right now with Path of Champions stuff. I'm on 
uh, Victor for Path of Champions. I made it the whole way there. I got to Victor today on stream and got absolutely hard stomped by him. Um, so uh, that was really nice. <laughs> so I have to figure out a way to get back there again. He's pretty bonkers. Um, I won't give any spoilers, but he's he's pretty crazy. Um, what we're going to do now is go ahead and say thank you to our patrons, uh, patrons over at patreon.com slash legendscast. If you're a supporter of the show, we want to thank you. You're amazing. You allowed us to just wrap up. Uh, last week, we had on Gangsta Bob, who won uh, season five or four of the Legendscast Discord League. We're in conversation right now about what the next season might be. So if you're a league player, drop some thoughts if you uh, have some ideas for restrictions. Um, right now, we're sort of bouncing between the idea of doing uh, like a 50-50 split. All champions and uh, followers have to be from one region. And all spells and landmarks have to be from another, um, which I think could be interesting. Love it. Um, and then we're also considering doing sort of like uh, like a, a triple lineup where every one of your decks has to have two copies of three different champions rather than three copies of two different champions. So anywhere from doing like a big mix up to a more subtle one, um, we're open to. Uh, we're going to do it in client, though. We're really excited about that. So uh, if you have any thoughts, drop them over there. If you are a patron, if you have, or if you want to become a patron, you can swing over to patreon.com slash legendscast or grab the link in the description of this episode and uh, and become a patron. You know, drop us a nickel uh, an episode, 20 cents a month, uh, let you get access to uh, a giveaway that we do every month, the end of each month. Um, and Static Sheep, you won last week and you still haven't messaged me. And I'm sending out shirts and uh, merch and uh, prizes. You hooligan. On you hooligan on Thursday. So you're listening to this this still, and we're not just stealing, you know, five bucks a month from you or something, and you're not actually listening to it. Let me love you. Let me give you a shirt, dang it. Let me give you a shirt. So uh so yeah, and, and the prizes and stuff are gonna be going out this week for the Discord League. Uh, I think fifty bucks for the winner, and then like thirty for second place, twenty and ten. So pretty excited to get that stuff out to everybody. So there's definitely incentive to join the Discord as well. You can grab the link for that inside the description of this episode. But what we're going to do is jump over to our main segment for this evening, looking at the brand three new champions that are coming to LOR. Uh, literally, as this episode releases later today. What the b is that? Okay, guys, there are three new champions. We're going to get a fourth, uh, but at the time of recording this episode, Ari, which is almost certainly coming out tomorrow, has not been released yet. But what we do have is Kennen, Pantheon, and Rumble, which are three of the four champions that are going to be coming out uh, on Wednesday. When this episode releases at 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning, um, just at like noon or 1 o'clock, uh, we will be seeing the release uh, come to the, the main PC client anyway of all of these champions. So if you're listening to this episode a little later in the day, you can probably go play these champions right now. You can go... You know, spend some of them stored up uh, cards, wild cards and, and shards and, and jump in with them. Um, but we're going to start off by talking about Kennen because he has been the first one revealed. And Gibby is going to kick it off and go through Kennen and describe him and all of his associated stuffs. Yo, yo. So Kennen is a one cost champion for both Bandle City and Ionia. Uh, fitting for, because I really like Ionia stuff outside of Lee Sin. Lee Sin, you suck. Uh, so uh, I only like Lee Sin and Ionia, just for the record. Hey, so we're covering the whole spectrum. That's why we're friends. We love Ionia together. Together, together, together we complete Ionia. Together, we, we are, are at peace. We complete each other. We're yeah. like meditating, and maybe we could pull together like three yoga poses. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so DBN uh, loves everything. Well, DBN loves Vlad and Brom. 
So he, a, he doesn't like Ionia he because those, Ionia doesn't really have overwhelm units. So yeah, I just I actually I'm I'm kind of uh, with Mark in that I actually I I'm really worse than Mark. I don't like Ionia almost at all. Uh, <laughs> it's like not one uh, actually, I like Zed. Uh, I like Zed. That's it. Okay. Okay, that's fair. So Kennen, Kennen is a one cost Yordle for both Bandle City and uh, for Ionia, so multi region champion. Uh, with quick attack that says when I'm summoned, create a Mark of the Storm in hand. Now, Mark of the Storm is a fast spell, a zero-cost fast spell that technically only has the uh, Bandle City tag, which is interesting even though he's a multi-region uh, champion. The Bandle City tag is the only thing associated to this spell, and it's non, it's, I don't think it's main deckable. Uh, no, it's it not. It is not. It's not. No, it's just a thing. So, so it's a. It, it's also fleet. So it's a fleeting fastball that says, "Grant an enemy mark of the storm." If they already have it, remove the mark to stun and deal two damage of, to them instead. So you essentially have to mark of the storm. Play mark of the storm. Uh, that fastball targeting an enemy twice to actually get the damage and the stun, and then you have to do it. Tw- you'd have to do it twice again in order to to repeat the effect. Um. Uh, his level up condition says he's, he's, he's a two cost, so one cost, two attack, one defense. It says when I'm summoned, uh, or, or when you've summoned the same ally five times this game, you level him up. He gets the the standard plus one plus one in his stats, and his effect turns into when I'm summoned, blocked, or attack, create a mark of the storm in hand. So you start summoning those mark of the storms more often. The stuns and the deal to damages to things start becoming more, uh, more consistent. And his champion spell. So if you have a copy of him on the board and a copy of him in hand, says recall an ally to do two damage to anything. Kennen's lightning rush. It's a three cost fast spell um, that can also not be. Actually, you know, it can be main decked. Uh, it's a three cost. It's a rare card. It's a three cost. Um, Spell that just says lightning rush. Recall an ally to do two to anything. Um, so, guys, what do we think about Ken and DBN? I'll turn it over to you first. Well, so I, my big question, and this seems to be how everyone is reading this card, but I I, I need the clarification. Um, the level up ability, you've summoned the same ally five plus times this game. Is that you've summoned the same card? As in, as in does it count for, like, for instance, blade fragments. Do blade fragments count? Oh, that's a good question. Because if they do, then Canon is going to be very, very playable. If it tracks the individual card, then I don't think Canon is very playable at all, at least not for his level up. You might be able to abuse him with recall to generate like free stuns and deal twos and stuff, and maybe get Yasuo leveled up quickly. It seems that everybody has been reading Canon as if it's summoned the uh, the same, the thing, something with the same name, and that's much more feasible. I think it's something with the same name, but it specifically says ally. So like you so, couldn't use gems, you couldn't use blade fragments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, it's but well, blade, no, fragments blade fragments is an ally are allies. That gets summoned. It's a it one is. one. Blade fragments blade are allies. Fragments is, it is a one one creature. Yes, because a spell that can target an ally can target a blade fragment. Right. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to. Target it's not. It with I know it. I know it's not. Allies. I know it's not counting spells. It's but it's counting allies, and if they have the same name. So, for instance, even even separating blade fragments. If you play a cursed keeper, 
and then you kill it and bring another cursed keeper back let's say with the four drop that you like chronicler mm -hmm. right does that count for two cursed keepers or That's one because they're not the same they're not the same card like one no. one spiders or, or yeah exactly spiders great yeah or, or yeah, I, I saplings think and things. I think that's I how I think it it's works. allies with the same name. I don't think it's the same exact ally. Like, yes, it doesn't have to sure. be. Because once an ally is recalled to your hand, it's not going to register as being the same ally once it hits the board. I think it does. It was when it was on the board. No, because uh, all of them lose their stats, right? If you buff something and then recall it, it loses its stats. So when it's well, played again, it's... A, it's so, but what I'm saying is you're right. Like, it, it would be the same name. So if you played a cannon, it got killed, played another cannon, that would be two cannons played. Well, there's a new card, Tornado Warrior, that does keep all the stat buffs and keywords when I'm recalled. So I'm pretty sure for the purposes of the, of the programming, it does consider it to be the same card. Because otherwise, you would generate, like, I'm pretty sure that it, that it tracks it as the same card, like, in your deck. It doesn't think it's a new card. That's pretty standard, I think, for programming. It's yeah, just that, that for balance reasons, they don't allow you to keep the stats if it gets recalled. Um, yeah, that could be. So I, that's what I'm wondering. And and obviously, if we can continue this discussion as if it was what we think it is, which is that, you know, something with the same name. But that does bother me, that lack of clarity there, because you know it makes yeah. I, that always bothers me when it'll when take some not. science i yeah. would guess that you could do this with blades or spiders though well yeah, like and, and if that's the case i'm a little concerned because i i literally would just i mean as somebody who already is struggling to play this game on a regular basis if i show up day one trying to play the new decks that i want to play and all i see is more blade dance i'm gonna punt this game <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just gonna, I don't know how to punt a game that's on my hard drive without chucking my hard drive out the window, but, but that's where I'm gonna end up. <laughs> there was some Black Friday hard uh, hard drive deals, some SSDs oh, on Black whew. Friday that were pretty cheap. So just pick up one of those and punt it. Yeah. All right, sounds yeah, good. Just punt, just punt that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I think there's gonna be a lot of, and that's kind of my assessment of this too is. What's interesting about Canon is it seems like the direction that they are intending it to go with um the reason that they're the way that they're intending it to go with all of his abilities is they want you to utilize recall and all of the new recall tools as a way to get him leveled up like ideally you're playing five cannons and you're getting a lot of these mark of the storms where you are playing other of his followers that benefit from recall but i think the easier way to level him up or whether it's equal or whether it's just as easy is I think it's just going to be playing other units that are yep. that you can create multiple cloning. copies of and cloning them. I just think that's going to be, and maybe you have some recall uh, in there to help protect it if they try to remove it so that way you can't play it again and then you just bounce it back to your hand and play it again. I think that's going to be probably the easier way to go. It's going to be a, maybe a, a blend of the two or it's just going to be cloning stuff. The, like the, best way, be the best way the best way to use recall isn't to use it to try to get Kenan leveled. I think it's just to use it to keep summoning Kenan and getting more marks cheaply. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you would love to play Homecoming with Kenan. You know, it, you just... Okay, sweet. I get a one drop back that when it comes down, I get the second mark that I need. Or if yeah, we're you, if we're talking turns, blade dance, the the recall and blade dance that you want to target Kenan with that. Hmm. So you know it, it concerns me from the perspective of my God, please no blade dance, no, please no. Uh, but 
barring that, there's some interesting stuff to be seen here. I, I've always said that, like, Recall could be interesting if you ever had payoff cards. Because until Dancing Droplet, there was literally no payoff to recalling anything um, mm -hmm. outside of, like, resetting an elusive or something. Which, it would just be better to draw another card and play a new elusive. Like, so... You know, but but if it, and there are some cards around it now that like when recalled and and stuff like that, um, you know, can can have some benefit. I think, um, you know, and 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 we're not going to dive into all of the support cards because we just don't have time for it. But there are some sure. things there are some things here that can benefit. But Kennen seems like the clear favorite of he's the best thing to recall because he's cheap. And you get that awesome Mark of the Storm, which, if I'm understanding correctly, Mark, didn't you say that, like, that's kind of how Kennen's kit works, is, like, you charge up and then do a bunch of damage and stuff? It seems pretty flavorful yeah. to me. It does. What Kennen basically does is uh, he has a handful of different abilities that basically, uh, like, Lightning Rush, which is going to turn him into Lightning, make him really fast, and he dashes through stuff. Um, she throws a shuriken. Uh, the shuriken toss is going to also add a lightning charge to somebody. And once you get a handful of them on somebody, it does damage to them and stuns them, allowing you to go in on them. And then his ultimate ability, he just has a lightning storm all around him that shocks and hits everybody around him, creating like marks of lightning on them and stunning them every like three that get stacked and doing a ton of damage. So very, very, I mean, super flavorful. You're talking like, about an LOL, right? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about an yeah. LOL. So, like, what he does in League of Legends is they did a very, very good job of making Kennen in this feel like in he does in LOL, I would think. Cool. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm just interested to see the way he plays out. Um, I'm thinking I, maybe this is not the direction that anybody else went, but the deck that I will probably make first with Kennen, outside of probably just searching through these recall tools, is I want to play this with saplings and maybe may play not so much of an aggressive build with this, but I want to play more of a summon saplings, play Maokai. You can recall things and that always gives you units in your hand to play back on board, which will summon more saplings. I think that'll actually be, because you've also got that spell, that early game Shadow Isle spell that summons a sapling too. I think, and those are challengers. Like they're 2-1 challengers that, help you remove things on board so like i think that's going to be a pretty cool way to play this that's going to be my first deck i probably build with it you're right gibby N no one else is probably thinking about that you are probably the one person who said you know what i can get as an ally that's recurring sapling yep let's get saplings <laughs> yeah the best recurring ally is something else that can drag something else into combat that they don't want to be in combat so everyone yeah. else is like blade two one, dance two one challengers <laughs> let's do it well, and, and you know, uh, you're going to toss everything but Kennen, so at least maybe you'll thin your deck to get Kennen faster. Yep. Um, so for me, I, I like this card. Um, it's so hard to tell, right? Because it's it's always really hard to tell what characters are, are good at one, right? Because we have Zoe, Teemo, Fizz, and at different times, each of them have been good because they all have built in Elusive. Um, in, well, technically, Fizz's doesn't have built in Elusive, but it's close. This only has Quick Attack. Um, granted, he's kind of a backline champion. Like, you're very rarely, like, Teemo, you have to attack with him. Zoe, you want to attack with her. Fizz, you typically, if you're not attacking with him, what the heck are you doing? Um, whereas Kennen, you could just keep him on the backline and keep popping him back to your hand, putting him back out. Throw him out as a blocker, pop him back to your hand, throw him out, shock something, kill something. 
the fact that Eye of the Storm is free is pretty crazy. Like, that's... If Eye of the Storm was not a free spell, then the cannon's trash. I don't, I don't really want to play it. But if it being free is really good. And then, you know what? Cannon's Lightning Rush is... Uh, I actually really like his... I really like his hero power. I think his hero power is just good. Like, you might run Kennen's light like lightning rush just in a normal Ionia deck because like think of a lot of times when you you throw out a blocker and you're like well I don't really want to use this blocker but I I like I can block it to avoid the damage and then I can throw two damage over here and return this valuable card to my hand and and be able to trade up on the other side of the board because of the save one thing trade up somewhere else I think lightning rush is a good card um and I think that Kennen could be good. And it's very interesting to see. There's times when you are you don't have a Ken on the board, but he's leveled up in your deck, and you drop him, attack with him, and he gets blocked, and you're creating three Mark of the Storms in one turn. Like, that's a lot. When he's leveled up, he creates a lot. Beforehand, not a lot. But once he's leveled up, it's pretty nutty. You want to know something cool? Kennen also works with the Allegiance guy in Ionia, too. You could only, oh, yeah. you could only run three one-cost Kennens drop that guy and go like two or three different versions and recall that guy and go two or three different versions of, of Kennen on board and like fulfill his half of his requirement out the gate. Yep. That is uh he, uh, uh it, it's, it's, um, allies, not followers on that text allies. Yeah. You've summoned, Does, uh, you've summoned yeah, the you can same summon team all no, no. the time. People use that all the time to summon team. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It can it can summon Teemo. The so Kinku Wayfinder. Summon I think Kenan. is what yep. we're talking about. You got it. Yeah, and okay. actually, in the video uh, announcing Kennen, you actually saw that happen. Oh, that's cool. Oh, um, cool. I didn't. I didn't the video. Yeah, they actually made that happen. It got two Kennens on the board and gave them two of the Mark of the Storms in one turn, which is pretty cool. There Obviously, Retreat Return runs with this card. Amazing. Like, sure. So good. Sure. Yeah. This could be fun to play as like an aggro build with Zed, kind of an allegiance, just aggro y. Yeah. Yeah, could be. Yeah, because Cannon kind of helps you control the board a little bit, um, which is really interesting. My question is, does a Mark of the Storm um, last? Because this is a grant an enemy Mark of the Storm. Yep. And then it says, yeah. if they already have it, stun it. So, like, if I grant them it, but three rounds go by, do they still have a Mark grant of the Storm is, on them? Grant is just permanent. Perm Grant's permanent. It's going to be you scroll That's over them, and it'll pop up on that sidebar showing all the stuff that they've got on them currently. Yeah, Otherwise, and I think there's a little electrical orb that goes around them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Retreat, so that's actually kind of nutty. That's actually kind of nutty. Retreat, recall, or whatever could be neat with this too. A little pricey, but as a way to bump Kinnon back, bring him in or something else in for free, then drop him back in for the second mark. Like you could potentially, it, it's expensive play, but you could you could play for three mana. You could make sure that you get a second mark on the same turn that you played him the first time. So if you really mm -hmm. want to complete that or, you you know, you know that, OK, if I deal the two damage to them, then I, I they don't have any mana to protect it and to trick it. So, I mean, th there's some neat stuff you can do, I think, with Kennen, Zed alongside like Recall Retreat with the uh, Syncopation, stuff like that. My Lord, is this finally the place we see Monastery of Harana? No. Maybe. Probably not, though. It's still probably <laughs> bad. Yeah, probably not. I saw someone be like, oh, my gosh, this guy's nuts with Yasuo. And I was like, no. Like, Yasuo's been nuts with a bunch of champions that are better aligned with him than Kennen is, and he's still the, There's a lot of work the, to get one stun off. Well, but, but okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. 
recalling also levels Yasuo. That's true. So recalling your own stuff contributes to Yasuo's level. So like you could play a, a a much lower to the ground Yasuo build where you've got cannon and the recall, you know, package where you're dumping things in and out of the board. And instead of stunning all the time, you're like running a mix of stuns and uh like and then of course like recall summon effect creatures. And so you could probably get him leveled on four or maybe five consistently. Um but then you're looking at how do you plan your top end to use Yasuo as a win condition. That's where it becomes difficult, especially if you're going into uh, Bandle City as opposed to better stuns at Noxus and Targon. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because you'll need because if you're going to use Yasuo as your target win, you need to have um, stuff that targets your enemy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and granted, the the storms do. Yeah, I mean, you can play Cannon and Yasuo and dump and like and build into Noxus to pick up the spiders, to pick up the, you know, uh, Minotaurs and the, you know, stun everything that's under a certain power or whatever. Like, you can do that. Um, well, try it. I, I mean, I might too. I mean, Yasuo was one of the first decks I built. I, I enjoyed it for a while. I know Gibby, mm-hmm. same thing. So it's I the might. First deck you ever told me to build. Yeah. It was actually good at that time. God, that was so long ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's some there's some cool stuff you can do there. I think just um, is it gonna be is it gonna be good? I I'm skeptical because Yasuo is still susceptible to all the things he was susceptible to before. So yep. yeah. So I mean, I this does enable you to play him with like Targon or something if you wanted to to be able to run some yeah. protection. Um, yeah. because you have two champions from the same region, whereas before you were trying to splash him with other things, now you might be able to go to a different region. And yeah. Although he was always typically played with target stuff, like now you could go someplace else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think necessarily think he'll do that well because of some of the other stuff that we're going to see out. So, so Mark, hmm. why don't you go ahead and bring us into our next champion and some of his, his uh, stuff, Pantheon. Pantheon is our Targon champion. Uh, he has a new keyword called Faded, which is whenever you are targeted targeted by an ally card or spell. I, I don't know which one it is, honestly. That's bad of me. Uh, is it Targer? Targeted? What did I call it? Targered? You call it Targeted. Uh, I, I heard, it just I heard made you me giggle. So what I was laughing at is that like Pantheon is faded. It's instead of fated, I heard faded. Oh, fa- <laughs> okay, let's start over. Pantheon has the ability called Fated. Uh, oh, with the T. Oh, my goodness. With a T. Heavens Whenever me. you get targeted by an allied spell, you get plus one, plus one. Is it, Can you confirm that, Gibby? Do you know that? Is that accurate? You're muted. Yeah. What, I would, you like, I, what would you like me to confirm? Uh, is, is it that you have to be targeted by an allied spell for the Fated ability? No, it used to be targeted by an ally. So, like, for example, okay. there is a card in Sharima that says give um, an enemy, like, it's like the it's like the Vakarum Vagabond or something yeah, like that. Uh, give an enemy negative two attack and give you something of yours plus two defense or vice versa. That counts as a target. Okay, okay. So just as a heads up, if you get targeted by an ally spell creature, you're going to get plus one, plus one. He is a four mana, four two with overwhelm, barrier, and fated. Um, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. A lot of a lot of keywords on one card. He reads: uh, once you've targeted allies in five 
different rounds he levels up. His leveled up is a four mana 5-3, what you would expect with Overwhelm, Barrier, and Fated, what you would expect. And he reads, when I'm summoned or level up, grant me a random keyword for each round you've targeted allies this game. So it, for him to be leveled up, he's going to have at least five. He already has three. So he's going to be a four mana 5-3 with eight keywords, which is a lot of keywords. Then you have a two mana slow spell, which is his hero spell. It reads, it's rare. It's called Pantheon's Shield Vault or Shield Vault. It reads, grant an ally plus one, plus one, and stun an enemy. So, you know, you're with a fated ally, you know, you're going to get them plus two, plus two, and stun an enemy as well. Slows your opponents down, buffs your board, but that is it's Works with Yasuo. Works with Yasuo. <laughs> Works at slow speed. Uh, I mean, it is a two-mana stun that is does protect Yasuo at slow speed, but... Uh, Slow speed's bad, obviously. Things that are slow typically have to be really bonkers to be good. Um, but, uh, Gibby, I'll kick it to you first. What do you think about Pantheon? What was your first thought? Well, Pantheon, to me, I mean, and you can take this for whatever consideration you'd like, but Pantheon, to me, I saw somebody else say this in Discord, is what Victor wanted to be, and I agree with that statement. It just seems like... It's a different way of getting to that point, but the whole point of Victor is I want to stack a bunch of keywords on it, and I want to continue to make him bigger, which you can kind of assume that the, the likely odds that at some point you get augment on Victor, which is his whole point, along with the creating other cards and getting uh, all these keywords on stuff on him. So he as a champion, to me, he is what Victor wanted to Doesn't be. Doesn't Victor start with augment? He does. He, he does, does, but like you'll eventually you, 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 you might be able to pick that keyword up with on all Pantheon, the keywords you mean? that yeah, with all the keywords that Pantheon acquires. So like yeah. not that not that augment is some like groundbreaking like keyword that is like so sought after to have, but you get my point is that he, with him acquiring all these keywords, he is kind of what Victor wanted to be and we've already seen the success of what that looks like in the game having so many keywords and such a high stat like a high costed minion that of the arsenal, the Sharima unit. So we know it works. And I don't, I think Pantheon on average will come online sooner than something like the Arsenal will. And it's probably a bit easier to get there because there's a wider range of cards that allow you to build up that number. But still, I, I, I see the success of Pantheon as a late game card. It's more to me going to be built. Pantheon himself will be fine. He will do just fine. It's going to be more built to me up around how do the support cards around him that you pair with him in a deck that are targeting units? How easy is it to build a deck that targets things? Like, I guess single combat targets something in your, one of your allies, right? You could put single yeah. combat in there. Um, putting sharp sight, things like that. Um, putting syncopates. Putting things like... Um, even just simple, like off of the little Yordle guy that gives you a plus one to attack or a plus one to your shield. The, gems. Yeah, or g things like gems. There's a lot of different classes that you can use that feasibly could, I guess, could build tar target, like a target deck to level up Pantheon. I think is good. It's good that there's a wide variety of decks. I just wonder how powerful is that? And what room does that leave in your deck to 
add a champion in there. You almost need a champion that to, as a second champion, if you are to put one in there, that kind of just runs on their own. Something like a Zed that mm. just kind of, he is what he is, and you get the value of him because it's kind of built into his text or run something dumb like a Trindomir up top. I don't know. Like something, Trindomir also kind of gets his own value just by doing his own thing. So I, there's there, it, I think there's a lot of your deck is going to have to be dedicated towards, towards getting Pantheon leveled up. And even then it's questionable about how much of a payoff it'll be. But if it I, is good with all the keywords, then I can see plenty of it. I'll, I'll share a couple thoughts and then I'll let DBN chime in. It, so I, I was just thinking through this today on stream and I was, I was going over it and I was like, well, you're never going to target something on turn one. You're almost assuredly not going to target something on turn two. Which means if by turn three, four, five, six, seven, you are able to target something, that the earliest that this guy gets dropped, leveled up, is turn seven or turn eight. Now, um, question. This is another question of text. An ally, is an ally considered also recognized to be in your hand? Because what if you play Oblivious Islander? Target something in your hand... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would work. Does that count as a target? Because that that would be a target on turn one. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that that's targeting. It, it certainly is. That would be a target on turn one. I don't mm -hmm. know that you're going to be playing Pantheon with Shadow Isles. Um, but something I like that does it does but... it does things in your hand count? Because what's the uh, what's the one cost? I think he's a one cost. The the Ionia guy that gives something in your hand a plus one attack. Yeah, there, there's a couple yeah, the of the mentor. Ionia hand buffs um yeah, the inspiring mentor so, inspiring mentor could be a, a, a target probably probably those work i don't know how good like the go tall mechanic is here the like i'm gonna be one guy and i'm I, you know like it's worked okay with fiora i mean i hate to say this but this card probably plays with fiora like if you were gonna play a second champion at fiora deck you i would probably play fiora and, and pantheon and say if i don't win by yeah manipulating the minigame to win with fiora I then, at the end of the game, can drop Pantheon and end the game with a giant overwhelmed Pantheon. Um, because Pantheon wants to do the same things that Fiora does. You only want to run champions and want to play cards that are going to defend him. And if you, you know, can't defend your Fiora long term and, and kind of get run out of resources, but you have a lot of Targon, a lot of Targon and Demacia resources and stuff that you're going to want to defend and remove stuff then you can put Pantheon on later. He comes down with Barrier, which is a very good ability. Like, arguably, that's great. I agree with you, though. I don't think that you're leveling this guy consistently very often before turn seven, eight, maybe later, maybe later. That's my concern. Um, he he just might level too late for a 5-3 to really make a difference towards the end. Even even a 5-3 with eight stats on him for a, a, with eight keywords or ten keywords, however many keywords you want to put on, a 5-3 might not be enough to win the game, especially if you don't randomly get Spell Shield. Like, what happens if you don't get Spell Shield? Well, he, he starts like, the Spell Shield, I believe. Oh, that's... Uh, no, no, he starts with oh, uh, fated. Barrier, fated. Overwhelm, and Fated. Right. fated. Um, so he doesn't start with Spell Shield. Granted, he has Barrier. That is But if you, you know, ping and get this. excited, he's gone without Spell Shield. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's kind of my thought. And maybe he isn't played with Fiora. Maybe that's the wrong place to play him. Maybe he plays by himself. Maybe he's just good enough as a four mana four two with these three abilities when he gets dropped that you're like, I'm just gonna play him because he's good and I don't I don't need to play around like his level up. I don't need him to level up. He's just gonna get me through the mid game. 
Uh, maybe there, maybe there's something to be said about that as well, and I'm missing that. But DBN, what are your thoughts on him? Well, so when I first read him, I mistook the new fated uh, icon as Spell Shield. Okay. Uh, so that must mean they're. I can't now think of what Spell Shield looks like, but in my mind, that's what it was, and it must mean they're close <laughs> together visually, um, which is annoying. But that's my mistake, nonetheless. It makes more sense that he has faded because that's his keyword. Uh, <laughs> spell shield has like the little spark with a shield instead of a plus and it's yellow instead of blue, but they're very similar looking. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not crazy. Great. Um, so, so it, it, interestingly, I actually uh, think it's better with fated than with the spell shield on it. Cause I was sitting here like, why the heck would you ever play this before it's leveled? Right, unless it's a defense, mm. like oh, I really need to defend. I'm about to lose. In which case, well, playing your win con early is not good. However, the concept of playing him on four with the idea of basically going as tall as you can, that is tempting. Um, and the reason I think that that's compelling is because you have access in Targon to, you know, uh, putting spell shield on things. Um, not only do you have Bast Bastion. Bat, bat, right? Yeah, yeah. Bastion's the plus one, yeah. plus one in spell shield, so it'd be a plus two, plus two in spell shield. But you can also invoke into the two mana plus two defense spell shield granter, um, mm -hmm. which is pretty solid. I think it's two mana. Um, yeah, it is. He played that with Zoe, like Zoe mm -hmm. with him. Maybe. Yep. Um, so, so there, but, but my concern with Pantheon, I, I think you're totally spot on, Mark, and that generally speaking, you either have to optimize your deck to level him on four, in which case you might be running some wonky things that aren't very good tempo wise that are going to open you up to uh, aggro really like you're, you're going to be very susceptible to aggro uh, or you're not going to level him super fast. And in that scenario, what I'm visualizing is you're running into the same issue that like Sejuani sometimes has, which is, you're spending mana to drop things on board to stay alive and protect yourself, and you run out of the mana needed to accomplish that check mark on her level up box. Right. And that's what I'm saying here is that like you need an ally to target. I think Gibby's really spot on with this hand buffing thing. That might be the answer, right? Targeting things in hand, but it's not like there's a ton of those cards out there. Plus, you have to jump into Ionia. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think you ever go Oblivious Islander because it doesn't seem it seems counterproductive I me mean, maybe but that's and that's one of very few and I, I can't think of any other shadow isles cards that target things in your hand whereas i can think of a few in ionia right um yeah. but but i mean nonetheless though like i i just i struggle to see this as as a particularly great card uh to use as a finisher i more see this as a um as a build around mid range, like all in on Pantheon, akin to how uh, there used to be all in Draven. I think Swim pioneered, or at least brought to the, you know, brought to the forefront a all in Draven deck a while back, right? Where Draven would come down already uh, has like quick attack, so then putting Flurry of Fists on him gave him that extra bit of uh, double attack. You stack a bunch of stat buffs, give him overwhelm, and win the game on like turn five. Uh, mm -hmm. through some ridiculous combo shenanigans. Now, uh, that deck was very susceptible. Maybe this Pantheon deck has more, you know, ability to protect itself from certain things, right? Um, 
but uh, of course it does not have quick attack. Uh, you'll have to find a way to give it quick attack. Uh, you're going to have to find a way to continually buff it through the game uh, in order to basically, you know, turns four, five, six. As you work towards the level up, you are dumping everything into this one monolithic unit that is just going to hopefully uh, outstat everything with faded and whatever else you play to buff it, whether that be gems or that five cost, give it plus three, plus three. Uh, that's Tarek's card. Blessing of Targon. Blessing, Blessing of Targon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or whatever. So um, not often that Mark remembers the names of a card. So. No, but yeah, you're doing it, great you know, tonight. Good job. Yeah, I, I, that's like you're the on second fire. or third one that I've remembered. I'm the, like an absolute memory maniac right now. Well done. So. We got we to gotta ride this uh, roller coaster as long as we can. <laughs> uh, next time you introduce me, Gibby, it's going to be in my memory maniac co-host. Yeah. <laughs> done. Uh, done. Signed, perfect. sealed, delivered. That's your, now, yeah. that's your new. Uh, you want to have a lie. A guy who knows how to pronounce names. The lift. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear um, me struggle to try to find adjectives for Mark, go listen to our uh, our our Mulligan, Mulligan episode, episode. This, from this yeah. evening. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, I I think there's some neat stuff here, but I, again, and I I actually, by the way, don't. I'm gonna go on the record here and potentially be completely wrong. I don't think this is gonna work with Fiora, and the reason why I kind of was having a discussion with some people earlier today in the Discord, Fiora's. Fiora wins because she goes all in on a combo and that polarizing nature is set by the fact that you are like you have draw consistency and that everything you surround Fiora with is contributing to Fiora living uh, and or uh, creating more trades, right? Striking, mm -hmm. everything like that. Pantheon does not do that. Pantheon is something you don't want to draw if you're trying to win through Fiora. Um, and more than that, uh, Fiora struggles with the issue of running out of steam, uh, both in terms of, yeah, if they kill Fiora, you're, you're done usually. Uh, and, and two, um, you run out of cards, right? You're not trying to play a ton of cards. You're just trying to ensure that you win the first four combats that you send Fiora to and, or strike to get the kill, uh, as well. And you only need enough cards to achieve that. It's the fastest way to win the game through an alt-win condition, but it's heavily draw-dependent. Sure. And Pantheon, I think, moves in the wrong direction there. Uh, mm. If only because, and I like the idea of Pantheon as an alternate win condition for something that wants to be playing a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of targeting allies, maybe something sure. like a Lee Sen or or something. Although I don't think Lee Sen needs help. He is the win condition, but something along those sure. lines. Yeah, you're you know, you're trying to play a lot of a lot of buffs and stuff. Maybe like a Fizz, actually Fizz Pantheon, right? I mean, Fizz is you're constantly trying to play spells to give it elusive to make sure it hits the face. Maybe that's the answer. Sure. Um, but um, but I I just I just think that it, it is going to hurt you in your pursuit of Fiora more often than it's going to save you because Fiora screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably accurate. I, I wasn't hundred percent sure about that feel. I was just like, the only thing there that was, does I mean, this already is Fiora. So it just makes sense that like, it's a little bit of redundancy in that deck, but mm -hmm. Fiora doesn't exactly need redundancy around the champion. Fiora needs redundancy around the spells that Fiora protect and needs enable her to survivability. Win the game. That the reason yeah. why they took it down to two health is because Fiora's weakness is the fact that if it's killed, you lose. So everything mm. you pack around Fiora is about protecting it and doing that as mana efficiently as possible. 
um, and making sure that, you know, everything that you pack around it, that like that's your deck. That, uh, that I mean, you might include a couple units here and there to make sure that you can survive um, from an aggro deck. But I mean, Fiora wants to see an aggro deck. She wants people to play weenies that she can say, hey, if you don't attack me, I win. If I, you know, if you uh, if you don't play units, you you lose because that's your whole deck, right? Um, sure. And uh, I mean, it's, I, I, and, and so if you ever want Fiora to be strong again, you need to increase her survivability, which comes in the form of giving her a keyword like quick attack, barrier, spell shield, or increasing her defense. And yeah, let's right. pray that that never happens. Real quick, two <laughs> thoughts. Here's where I think um, Pantheon goes. My two thoughts for decks that I think we will see pop out of this, maybe I think it'll be like A tier, B tier, kind of okay come out of it. Aphelios with moon weapons. Mm, interesting. I think that'll come out of it just because some of the other celestial targeting and things and discounting and all that. It's in the same, it's in the same house. Uh, so it could work. But the one I think is going to be most tempo efficient that'll come out of this is an Akshan Pantheon deck. Because you can target your warlord's palace or whatever it is, which is technically considered an ally when you're trying to discount it to like get it down two rounds and things like that with the the clockwork things and all that. I think those units. I think that is where I think we'll see a deck come out. So, so that's landmarks my, count. My, landmarks count as allies for the purposes allies. of this. Uh, well, I, think they do. I don't think so. I think, I think landmarks are their own thing. I think allies are champions or creatures, and landmarks and spells are separate. If if landmarks, I could be wrong count. about that. If landmarks I, I could be wrong count. about that. Because uh, because that could ally, be cool then yeah but I, an I, ally is something on your board it doesn't say follower or champion or unit unit yeah, would be follower true. or champ and follower and champion ally I just assume they use, that ally do has they use the, I don't think I don't think they use the term unit what is the what is unit on I think that's a another game I think that's a synonym no I what card almost, says unit. Or enemy, or th there's there's unit might include enemy, but I'm pretty sure ally just is is your followers and champions, and then if they specify follower champion, then it breaks it down further, and then maybe unit includes enemy. I can't. I just don't. I don't remember. It it could be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It would take some science. It would take either yeah, way. We'll Akshan. Either way, Akshan. I think. I think that you're right. I think that Akshan goes well yeah, with it, even example, if landmarks don't count. Like you're still doing that with Akshan. Like you're targeting your own stuff. To for example, him. an ally strikes a unit, siphoning strike. Yeah, because that, that's because it can hit yours or theirs. So I guess that that is. Yeah, unit is definitely a word in the game. It's okay. Just, I, yeah. I I could still be wrong about the way it works, but that's where my head is going. Is if if and I, if your whatever it is your palaces and whatever that you're summoning your your warlord's palace is counts as a part of your accounts as an ally that you're targeting, like when you're discounting a landmark or, or, or speeding up a landmark's countdown, that to me is, is a really efficient way to still play units on board, get an effect that also helps you work towards something in the mid game, but then you drop Pantheon late game. Mm. So mm. yes, my two cents. I like it. Okay. I like it. But uh, let's, let's pass it on to the final champion uh, DBN. Why don't you tell us uh, about the champion that you're going to tell us about tonight? Yep, so uh, I'm pretty excited because, um, you know, y'all know my favorite faction is Noxus, and we get our sure. uh, long-awaited Bandle City Noxus dual region champion in the form of Rumble. 
which of course, you know, I think is awesome because I, I love the whole, uh, uh, not only do I love the mech suit vibes here that we're about to be getting a ton of, uh, but I also love the arena as like a, as a longstanding sort of, uh, Noxus theme. Uh, so this one is actually, I, I mean, it really is making me excited to log on on Wednesday, which I, I wasn't certain if I was going to, uh, to do, um, because Bandle City has overall not been my favorite um, sort of expansion uh, cycle. But but Rumble is awesome. So Rumble's a four-mana, five-four champion. I'm just going to just say it right off the bat. Five attack is huge for reputation bonuses. So I just I have to be the first one to say it because, my goodness, is that so relevant. Um, but here's the effect. Play. Discard up to three cards to grant allied Rumbles everywhere. Impact for the first card. Quick attack for the second card and spell shield for the third. So you don't have to discard all three. If you don't have all three, you can still play it. It still comes down. It's not a cost to play Rumble. Um, but of course, you know, if you only have two cards, you can get impact and quick attack and just miss out on spell shield. Or if you choose, like, I really can't discard this other card, can't discard my whatever, um, you can discard no cards, whatever. It's level up uh, occurs once it has dealt 12 plus damage. Um, now, my my question, of course, is going to be, and I'm pretty sure it works this way, that is across all rumbles, or does that have to be this explicit rumble? That's the question I'm going to pose to you guys before. I, I think what it says, I, I think it's this explicit. This explicit rumble? Rumble, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brent, uh, Gibby, you're, you're uh, muted again, so if you're if you're saying you think it's differently. Um, Goodness. Um, I Figure I it out. I know, you had to go figure it out. Um, my, so the way I read this is rumble has dealt 12 damage because the card I'm comparing this to is Pike, right? Uh-huh. And Pike is something similar and that can be split across. What multiple. does Pike say explicitly? Okay. Let me, I will read Pike. Okay. Pike I says, or it says allied pikes have. Been okay, so then this is I this explicit it's one. It's got to okay. be this explicit one then. Um, yeah. So I was yeah, they would be the same. No, it's different. So so rumble, of course, that specific one, as we now know, uh, it's done twelve plus damage, which is relevant when you take into consideration impact, uh, which can do more damage, right? Um, and then once it's leveled, um, you get this awesome uh, new uh, artwork, which looks like it's it's celebrating. Um, it has quick attack, spell shield, and impact already. So if for some reason you didn't invest in that earlier, it now gets it uh, as it's uh, as it levels. It says, when you deal damage to the enemy nexus, create a random mecha yordle in hand. Or if you have one, grant all mecha yordles in hand plus one plus one and reduce their cost by one. Dang. So cool. And you know... Before I pass it over, this kind of reminds me of um, Warrior in Hearthstone during that season where uh, you had uh, was it b uh, the the Boom Bots and uh, um, the Professor or whatever the Goblin Doctor Boom Doctor Boom yeah and you, he could take over your hero power and generate more Boom Bots and stuff like that. That's what this reminds me of, and I, I'm so excited because I think obviously there's a lot of potential synergies with the discard package and. It itself is a sustainable unit. So uh, I'm going to throw it over to Mark uh, first. Uh, tell me what you're thinking about Rumble. 
So first off, there are uh, 10 regions, right? Or 11 regions. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. There's 10 regions, and there are 11 Mecha Yurtles. So if you're wondering, am I going to get a Mecha Yurtle? There's other cards that manifest Mecha Yurtles, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but there are 11 different Mecha Yurtles. You're going to get one of those at random. There's one for every region. There's two for Vandal City. Um, and none of them can be main decked. All of them have to be generated differently. Um, and so Trundle's, or, you know, Rumble's going to help do that. Um, I mean, my honest thought about Rumble is he's he's so good and so cool. Um, so anything that can get Spell Shield, A, is very good. The next thing is, like, if you play a Rumble and you do discard three cards, and if you're playing this with Scion where you have a couple cards in your hand that you don't even lose value because there's lots of cards that you aren't actually going to lose value by discarding those cards. Either those cards are going to get played or those cards are going to transform into something new in your hand and it's going to work towards a huge chunk of leveling up, you know, your Scion. So oftentimes you have two cards in hand that you want to discard with a Scion deck. And so that means that you likely may lose one card in order to give impact, quick attack, and spell shield to a four mana 5-4. And a four mana 5-4 is great stats with quick attack. It's, you know... It Impact is great because it helps you level up, right? Because then he's going to deal six of an attack. So it only takes two turns to level him up if you get attacks off with him. That's significant for that reason. But Spell Shield's bonkers. Like a four mana, five four with Spell Shield alone is a huge power swing. You give that impact and quick attack, It's this is a very difficult card to deal with. Like on turn four, there's not a lot of decks that are going to very easily be able to deal with a rumble without giving up something very significant to do so, um, or be able to use a lot of resources on this, especially if this card has quick attack and spell shield. Um, so uh, I'm a big fan of Rumble. I think Rumble can level up Jinx. It's one of the easiest cards to use to level up Jinx, yeah. right? It's it's so easy to level up Jinx. It levels up Scion like nuts. Mm -hmm. um, I think that this might be the, instead of playing Draven Scion, it might become Rumble Scion, and you play a slightly more mid-range, slightly less aggressive early game that you were playing with your Draven. Um, uh, yeah, and and, and the, the, the level-up version of this that says, um, when you deal damage to the enemy Nexus, create a random Mech Yurtle in hand, and if you have one, grant all Mech Yurtles in hand plus one plus one, reduce their cost by one. If you don't have one, technically... If you deal damage to the enemy Nexus, if you got an attack through with this, you would create a Mecha Yurtle and give it plus one, plus one and reduce its cost, right? Because he's going to hit and then he's going to use impact. So he's yep. going to hit the Nexus twice. Yep. If if he hits directly, um, but uh, he doesn't or have if overwhelm. you can give him overwhelm. But, but if, if you he, could give him overwhelm, which is very likely. If, might. Great card. Overwhelm. Might. Discarding Scion would give this overwhelm, Discarding right? Scion. Discard Scion. Which no one ever does at the moment. Right, because discarding Scion, you're like, I need that. That's my one condition, right? Why, you know, I'm, why would I discard that and risk not drawing it in time? But now, sure, you discard a Scion on turn four, along with two cards that you don't mind discarding because they're either going to come well, to board or generate new cards. And this comes down as a four mana five four with impact, quick attack, spell shield, and overwhelm. You've also got that five drop, the battlefield ancient warrior something whatever um Ancient i can warmonger sure uh and that grants yeah. overwhelm as well i believe mm -hmm. uh or is it plus when two attack discarded. 
no, I think it might be. There is another one that gives plus two attack. I think there is one that gives overwhelm. I can't remember which one it is. Regardless, there's a, so much you can do when you discard. You've got the eight drop that some that puts a four drop in your hand, and then when that dies, puts it back into a eight drop. And there, there's there's a lot the, in the Scion package. But you're right, there's a lot in the Jinx package too, and that has flame chompers, and that has uh, the the jury rig and and the scuttlers and stuff like that. Um, you also have got the cards that discard and draw. So th there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to sort of envision this. I mean, you also have reputation stuff, uh, LeBlanc yeah. and whatnot. But uh, but Gibby, where as our creative connoisseur, uh, where are you angling for Rumble right now in your mind? Rumble will be the next card I hate. That is how <laughs> I feel about it. I already am not. I'm already not, and not and not to change the tone of this. I mean, I think Rumble, as you guys mentioned, is very good. Um, I I I think the the ordering of the keywords that they put on this is appropriate. Spell shield being probably the most important. So important. So you have to get the third. Oh yeah. Discard all three of them until he's leveled up if you want to get it. My question is, let's say this. Let's say you get quick attack. You discard all three cards. He gets all three keywords. When you level him up, does he get all three keywords back? Because he gets I don't, again. How does it work with Lux? When you level Lux, no. does, she doesn't get the barrier back. So then I don't think you she get the spell get shield back. But you, you would get impact too. Because they stack? Because St impact stack. So he would. It, well, no. Well, no, maybe I think not, it maintains it's not giving it, it's him impact. Not, no, it's. Yeah. It's not so, granting him impact when he another kind of he would get thing for he question. would get he would get impact and quick attack. That's a great that it, it might, but again this wouldn't be the first time that LOR had inconsistencies across champion design. So sure. yeah, so we so, yeah more that's, experimentation. That's a small question. That's a small question that I have. Yeah, but I already think that there is too much efficiency in the discard package. And that discard Draven Scion will never not be a thing, and it's already very strong. Um, the only mm. thing that makes it somewhat like beatable is that I really don't think Draven is that big of a payoff. He's just a little hard to kill because he's got um, quick attack. Well, yeah. now you're summoning. You've got plenty of other units that you can slot in that three that three cost slot. He will slide into that four cost slot. And I really don't think outside of, especially since they since they nerfed the uh, the eight cost guy, that when you discard him, the lost soul that turns into the four cost yeah um, the unit tw mm -hmm. twin blade revenant. Since they since they nerfed the twin blade revenant, he's not as important to play on four. You can play him on five and be completely happy with that, or keep him in hand and discard him as a part yep. of the uh, playing rumble uh, on four. Uh, th there is going to be a shift in that deck where you are correct where I really do think that Rumble Scion is going to be very, very strong. Yep. Discard as a, as a whole, to me, is similar in Darkness, where there it is so efficient that mm. I think that's why there's problems with it. And Rumble himself, upon getting leveled up to, now becoming this insane not only card engine, but he's also yeah. just got this insane amount of like keywords. Like it, I just think he's going to be a bit over the top for his mana cost. And I, I just, I think it's going to be a problem. I personally do. I think this is going to drive me to not like, um, to not like that build. I will tell you this. I don't think that I'm not, I don't think that I'm going to like 
playing against or playing Rumble Scion, but I do think I'm going to like playing Rumble Jinx. I think that okay. is a build that is more intriguing to me in the play style and the cards that it involves. And because the cards are less, I don't know, I guess powerful or less intentional <laughs> with the discard to me, I think that was something that will intrigue me a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I like Scion as a character. I, I like I like the Scion champion, and I like... Even if Scion didn't exist, I think I would still really like Rumble, though. That's kind of where I'm at with him, is that I just like him as... I really like cards that come down and have like pretty significant swing turns just because they hit the board. Um, and, uh, and I think that Rumble does that very well. Mm. Like... Rumble yes. reminds me if he's just a very good card, right? He's just yeah. really, really good. The design of Rumble is awesome. Love the design, love yeah. the card in a vacuum. And I think that the the creativity they used to create him and intentionally statting the keywords and his stats and all of that, like like Ian said, like with the uh with the um his the five attack for reputation, that opens up a whole nother realm of maybe a deck that he could fit in here. Granted, the discard piece might not necessarily be the focal point, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I, it, it opens up other things. Uh, whispered words will continue to fit in that that, that deck because of because of that five caught that five attack. Yeah. There, they were they were very good about statting it and placing it where they did within the timeline of or the 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 I guess the the mana curve within Noxus. So I yeah. like what they did with it. I just think that deck is gonna is not gonna be as fun for me to play against. Let me um mm. let me just counterpoint here for a moment. I, I do think Scion uh Rumble is gonna be good. But I, I want to object to your uh dismissal of Draven in that deck. The key with Draven and the reason why it's so potent with Scion, and the reason why I don't think that Rumble necessarily replaces it in the long-term meta is because you get a free zero mana burst speed way to trigger your discard effects. Whether that be the guys that come in for free, or whether that be the card that prevents your strongest thing from dying, which is freaking huge. Um, mm -hmm. there is That is a very much needed uh, uh, effect that oftentimes, like, not only is the plus one sometimes good for tricking a trade, but in that deck, the Whirling Blades are massive for ensuring that your discard effects can go off without disrupting your mana curve. And at burst speed. So, mm, yeah. I, I, I think from an aggressive standpoint, I, there is no doubt in my mind that you will see Draven Scion be the preferred aggressive variant. Um, whereas Rumble Scion is going to take a mid-range tact. Um, sure. Which I think is might be very dangerous, certainly. Um, but I the games are gonna be slower. And the thing about mid-range is that like A, um, an aggro deck now all of a sudden can challenge it. You know, the issue in the past with Draven Scion was that aggro decks really couldn't couldn't challenge the raw power of Scion finishing consistently on seven, like every single time. Um and uh, it was hard to get under it because they were able to apply as much pressure as the other uh, you know, deck. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest, I, I haven't kept pace with how it's doing now, like in the current environment. But oh, just, I'm sure it's not bad. But it, it can't be that. I didn't think that the Twin Blade Revenant nerf was really that relevant, in my opinion, anyways. Um, but um, but my, my whole point is, is that it, it's also going to be slower paced. Uh, and these mid-range decks are going to be looking for ways to 
um, utilize, I think, the the Mecha Yordles. And they're going to be pulling away, I think, from PNZ and looking into Bandle City because I, I don't think that there is quite enough in PNZ to reward Rumble without generating free things uh, off of um, Draven, although I, I, I could be mm. certainly be wrong, unless you're going Rumble Jinx, in which case, as we've already established, that's an unexplored territory. Um, so I... I I think it's going to be great with Scion. I'm just saying I don't think aggro is going to be the way to run it, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that aggro is the way to run it. It definitely will shift a little later, and that's part of my my point of the man, of rearranging some of the mana costs of what you include in the deck. You'll replace something on three to make sure that you have a consistent curve. You have to make sure that you, your discards are still you're still fluid and that you're by the time you're playing it on four, you've still got plenty of things that you'd like to discard. There will be some rearranging of maybe some of the inclusions in the deck and it will probably be a bit more mid range. But I think as a whole, the combination of rumble and scion will be more powerful than the combination of Draven and scion. I think that mid range deck, if you put them two against each other, the mid range deck will eat it alive. That's that's against the, against the aggressive variant. Yes, that's maybe in that but, situation, but you have to also consider in terms of the viability of it on ladder and like conjunction with the other things that are going to be popping up, like we're going to talk about, which is go wide yordles. I just don't see where go wide yordles is going to struggle against Rumble Scion in theory. And obviously, it's all theory at this discarded. point. Yeah, and it depends what gets discarded and what you have in your hand with Rumble, because if he pulls out bang, 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 unit after unit. Or really turbocharges that. Well, there's that only discard. one unit that comes in off that comes into play off of a discard right now, um, which is those three twos or three one ephemerals, um, are the only ones that come into play off of a discard. The other ones just either buff or turn into something else in your hand. Unless you go to PNZ, right? Which you still well, can you which you still you still could. Um, but I mean, even those are like one ones or zero twos, and and the the point I think is that like slows, eventually slows the game down. it slows the, it slows the game down, sure. But while the yordles continue to grow, and that's the problem, is that the yordles are going to not just continually put the same amount of pressure; they're going to over time put more pressure, kind of like elites used to back in the day. Um, it's that they snowballs. So I I just I I mean I'm. You, you you have every right to be concerned about it and also to find if you think that that place line is unappealing or uninteresting, that's totally valid. But I'm just I'm actually I'm thinking about Rumble Scion a lot because I'm probably going to play it a lot. And I've been looking at the the like potential lists and looking at it saying, I wonder if this can handle yordle swarm and, and i'm i'm a little worried about that <laughs> with the addition of the new yordles it may be i mean that's part of that's the other half of the of the, of the environment that we haven't seen yet so it's true. we'll see what that looks like yeah yeah valid. yeah absolutely and what we were going to do is talk about a couple of additional cards uh we each picked one that was not a champion and we're actually i think we're gonna end up closing the show with that because there's mm -hmm. like there's too many to, to you know obviously we're not even touching on most of the cards and i'll jump in with mine because it's probably the most controversial and simultaneously <laughs> the most boring but the one i'm going to talk about is the a two-mana bandle city yurtle uh explorer a two-mana two-two yurtle that reads when you summon another yurtle uh, grant it plus one plus one if you consider this combined with the mare who comes down the next round and makes all of your dual region champions or multi-region champions 
um, cost one less, um, allowing you to virtually flood the board like crazy. Think about giving all of those things. Plus one, plus one. We have Yertle Tribal in spades now. Uh, you know, you have the... I saw someone post the uh, earlier today. They are the elves from Magic the Gathering. Um, elves were just like, you threw out a ton of them. They were cheap, but you played all of these aura buffs, these sort of elven war leaders that would give all other elves, uh, you know, keywords, and plus one, plus one, and um, things of that nature. And Yertle Explorer sort of bends in that direction, right? <laughs> you're you're definitely going to have the... I mean, if Go Wide Yertles were good before... Yertle Explorer is not going to make Go White uh, Yertles any less good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say that this card makes me concerned. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go as far as to say, look at this, be like, oh my gosh, everything is broken. Everything um, is But awful. you know what? <laughs> this, do, everything is awful. Uh, this does make Poppy better, right? This is, this thing buffs Poppy. Like, it's not just your Yurtle units or Yurtle allies or what. It's all, everything. So champions, and there's a lot of Yurtle champions now um, that that this will buff as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I it's really hard to even know exactly how to feel about this. But you know, like getting this, getting Mare down, and making Mare a three three, and then Mare immediately being able to drop like cannons or fizzes or whatever on the board. The or you know Timos or whatever of the the turn that it comes down like I don't know I'm not really up to date I've do never we, really gotten into the Yurtle Swarm strategy but it's pretty nutty. Do we have uh, any uh, confirmation about whether Mecha Yordles count as Yordles? I don't think we do, but I would imagine that they do. Do, See, do you know a completely Gibby? different tag at the top of the cards to me? So I don't think so. Well, it says Yordle on it. I mean, it's interesting because what they say is Mecha dash Yordle. Like right. they have two types. And my question is, if that wasn't the case, maybe they're just being silly and they didn't think about this. But if it's not, why wouldn't they just say Mecha if they didn't want it to count? I mean, for Yordle. Is... I, I, I feel like this is going to buff them. It's very clear that all of these things are Yordles in mech suits. Like if I play Yordles in arms, yeah. does it count for the Mecha Yordles? Wow. What does Yurtles and Arms do again? See if you've played, I think it's like four multi-region. Doesn't that just buff everything you have, anyways? I thought it was if you. I thought it was just Yurtles. I thought it no, was I think anything, it, I think it but you had to play, in... played a certain number of multi-region cards. Okay, so we'll talk about the two, the two, two instead. Like, I wonder if the Mecha Yordles buff it, but yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, uh, I, 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 if I had to guess, I would say that Mecha Yordles count as Yurtles, and so I would have to guess that they're going to get buffed by this card. And they're obviously, they're going to get discounted if they're multi-region from Mare as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Boy. yeah, I don't, do you guys have a follow-up? I mean, I, I hear that the internet is losing their minds they over are. it. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. don't I don't really know. I, I haven't been keeping a close enough look to know that. But do either you guys have any other... You know, Gibby, do you have any other thoughts on on this guy beyond like, oh yeah, this makes Yurtles go wide better? Yeah, I think the other thing that also is really interesting about this card is that it also has the Yordle tag. Mm-hmm. So unlike the card that it's being compared to overwhelmingly, which is the card that's been around for a while from Demacia Battlesmith, Battlesmith doesn't have where it says when you summon an elite, granted plus one, plus one. One, the Yordle pool is triple the size of the elite pool. I saw that stat earlier today. 
So not only wow. is the pool wider of the Yordles than the Elites, but this 2-2 also has the Yordle tag. So let's say you get an unlucky draw. Technically, let's say with Battlesmith, if you drew a Battlesmith and another Battlesmith and you played them both, they didn't buff each other. This does. So this will go 2-2 two, two, and then you'd play it and then it'd go 3-3. Three, three, and then I guess they'd both become 3-3s, three, right? Um, or it's notes when you'd summon, it's only one of them would become 3-3s. Three, but then you'd have two engines that are now buffing the crap out of everything too. So the yeah. fact that this also shares that keyword um, helps with consistency in your hand, which is, which is dangerous. That's probably my only additional thought from outside of what we talked about. Mm. I also saw that um, the average cost of a Yordle compared to the average cost of an Elite lower. is lower. Yep. Like by like almost a, a full mana cost. It's like two and mm. a half where, where an Elite is like three and a half. They did say in there, though, that it's a skewed a little bit by Scythria. Yeah, but, yeah, there's a, but, but many a of the best man. Elites are four costs and, and compete with each other in the four cost slot. So, yeah, I've played a lot of you elites. also. Um, you, you also yeah, have yeah. Yordle champions, which I mean, a champion getting a buff is different from a follower getting a buff. And there are like a million three cost and lower Yordle champions as opposed to Garen at five, right? And, and so Jarvan it's like and Jarvan at six. So the amount of time that you're able to benefit from a buff on a champion that has the same keyword and that is likely to come down before Battlesmith gets removed compared to compared, uh, Yordle Explorer. I mean, it's just, it's an, it's a non, it's a non-issue. Yordle Explorer is strictly better and Yordle Tribal now jumps the only, one of the only other tribal tags in the game. And, and it's crazy because any other tribal synergies in the game right now, um, are not something that is shared across the entire faction like Yordle is. Almost everything in Bandle City has the tag. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. You could arguably play Yordle Explorer in a Rumble deck if you're going to be playing Mecha Yordle spamming and discarding things. Yep. Why? Because if, yep. is, assuming Mecha Yordle counts for Yordles, which, I again, I think it would be silly if it didn't, um, but assuming it does... You know, you don't need to be spamming. If you drop a 2-2 two -two and then all of a sudden your 3-3 three -three comes down as a 4-4, four -four, that's value, baby. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Play, play, play Yordle Explorer, play um, Tristana at 3, and then play uh, Rumble at 4. And Boom, then baby. play all the Mecha Yordles. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean... It, hey, and there we have a Tristana Rumble. Good. I didn't think of that one. Boom, we have another Rumble deck. Yeah, Tristana Rumble, I think. I saw some people who are already kind of messing around with that. I, I honestly think Tristana Rumble will be very good. Yeah, I mean, with all of the with all of the Mecha Yordles being multi-regions of different facets, I mean, you are looking at Tristana buffing all of them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gibby, uh, do you want to tell us uh, your next card, uh, the, the one that you picked that's a one of? Sure, I would be happy to share my card. So my card is part of the, I guess it was part of the canon reveal. It's called Risu, the uh, the Silent Storm. It's an epic, uh, also in Bandle City. It's a five-cost Yordle um, that says, when I'm summoned, summon a Storm Cloud. Storm Cloud is an adjacent card that can't be main decked. It's a, another five-cost card that says Storm Cloud. Uh, it's got impact, and it's a 7-3. I really like this card because I think this is a card that, um, I mean, with splitting... Anytime you have a card that splits stats across things, um, I think it's a really interesting uh, card that 
kind of gets added to the summoned pool because it says when I'm summoned. It's something that you could uh, you could end up playing gluttony intentionally on a four cost unit and killing it and getting this. Like I was thinking about, you could probably run Grizzled Ranger in my. I could run Grizzled Ranger in my kind of kill deck that resummons things all the time. Grizzled Ranger on four resummons kills and resummons it, or, or I'm sorry, gluttony. Um, so gluttony, the Grizzled Ranger summons the three four. <laughs> Summons the Risu the Silent Storm for a one one, and also summons a seven three. Like there's undying remitter. Oh yeah, the ethereal remitter. Yeah. yeah. So if you have a three, if you have a three cost unit, um, that it gets added to the pool of if you kill it, kill something on your board. Like let's say I killed my undying, and it created a five cost unit. This now gets added to that pool of a five cost unit that it could pull. It could end up pulling eight four worth of stats. So there's a lot of really good options here. Um, you could end up cloning this or recalling this. I mean, there's there's tools in Noxus, there's tools in Shadow Wiles, there's tools in Ionia of ways to abuse this and just get a bunch of seven threes with impact. I like the idea of a Noxus deck because as we've talked about, overwhelm was a great keyword. And having a five cost unit with seven except five cost seven three with uh overwhelm is pretty dang good, especially if you when you can summon multiple of them. So uh, that is kind of the interesting thing I think about this card. Um, I don't think it's overpowered by any means, but I think it is just good enough that it's worth exploring. Is there an archetype that you can build around this? Something almost like a Snapvine power level um, where it's like, okay, there will probably be maybe some slightly memes, slightly some viable decks that come out of this. And I'm interested to see like how viable is it just because recursion now is becoming a bigger thing and recall and all of the, the resummon tools. I mean, shadow Isle has been so it has been such fleshed out now that I think it's, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. You know, I, I think that this card is interesting because not because it's good, because I'll be fair. I don't think that it's good. Um, I think that it is a significant amount of mana investment to get seven threes that can be removed relatively easy. Um, but what I do like about the card, um, on the, on the other side of that is I love the thought, like, I, I love the direction of this, right? Like, this is the type of thing that you have to create in order to make recall, um, like pretty viable, right? Is like stuff that is like little that, you know, I think that this guard goes interesting with things like Quicken, um, a two mana recall a unit with three or less power because you can, you can recall, but it's, it's so hard. It's so expensive. It's so expensive to replay, right? Is the hard part. If it read like each time I'm recalled, lower my cost by one or lower my cost by two, and then, like, okay, then I'm really involved. Now I'm going to get this thing out on five, get a big dude out, then I'm going to recall him, get him cheaper, put him out, call him, get him cheaper, put him out, until I get him, like, free, and I can keep putting out the... I like that, like, as an engine. Um, I just think, like, you're going to recall this thing, and then you're going to have a five-mana one-one in your hand again. And you're going to be like, ah, oh, man, I have to play five-mana to get this thing out again. I, I agree. So I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. So, but uh, but I love, I love what they're doing. Like, I love this. Like, I love this. And I want more of this. I would just love to see them push it a little bit further and create an engine out of one of these cards. If they know? if they did it as a th- as three cost, so you could use that recall return or whatever, um, 
like yeah. to to spam it out that that would be that'd be pretty potent but i think gibby you actually you're you're right on the money in that i think it's actually best in shadow isles uh and utilizing it with create it create summon an ephemeral copy of this thing with one one stats well that's gonna get the that's job true. done <laughs> yeah. you know well, um seven three will be permanent the seven three right? will be it'll yep. be permanent and it won't be affected yep. with ephemeral or, or anything yep. like that so um, I think there's some interesting space there. That is actually a really there. good place for it. Um, some interesting space there. I think you're totally spot on, Gibby. And, and, and you know, um, play it out and then hit it with a ephemeral or ethereal remitter or chronicler of ruin. And, mm. you know, get a seven drop and then keep your seven three. Like, that's cool too. Like, there's some neat stuff in, in there with, uh, with like the um sacrificing and and ephemeral copy creating and stuff with it so that, that that's pretty neat um i have yeah. one that i've picked out if we're ready to move on yeah let, let's jump to the last card cool so the last card i'm switching because we talked about oh, okay. mecha yordles quite a bit so don't we don't I, the sure. one i picked was a mecha yordle and we don't need to talk about it again so instead i want to pick one that i think you guys will be i'm really interested to hear what you guys think about this um which is the god willow seedling the Godwill seedling oh, seems oh, really cool, and I almost I almost <laughs> yes. missed it. In fact, like I did miss it initially, and then I saw it when I was kind of looking through things just now, looking for a placement. I'm like, this is so cool. So it's a it's a landmark. It's a three mana Ionia landmark. Uh, play, recall an ally to summon an ephemeral copy of it, and then it has countdown two to summon another ephemeral copy of it and of course you know we are sitting here i mean i i mean myself at least i'm sitting here thinking about like all the possibilities of champions that you can create extra copies of canon yeah. obviously loves this like loves this because every time you summon a copy you get another one of those marks to spam out right but i'm also thinking like what if you death mark and pull the ephemeral off of one of these copied uh champions or whatever and slap it on something else like what if you like um you know is, uh, create extra just kind of like you used to do with uh with talia with the sand uh, prism whatever's uh to create bonus copies by abusing the timing of when you play the champ and when you don't play the champ like there's some really cool stuff in there to get multiple copies of things out and then of course it obviously contributes to the recall synergy of things it's really cool i i'm i was like how did i miss this <laughs> yeah i mean so directly in ionia what I'm thinking of, I think that would be just a really, really cool build, really, really cool early game to push this with. Is there's, I mean, so I, ideally, you want to find a really good two cost unit, right? So that way you can recall that two cost unit, and then you'll get another one later. Like you'll create an ephemeral copy of it later, right? Sure. Yeah, and you'll get one an ephemeral copy now and an ephemeral copy later. Right. So my thought is either for vulnerable board control. You play the two cost unit out of Bilgewater uh, that grants something vulnerable. Uh, hired gun. The hired gun. You either play hired gun or you stick in Ionia and you play the uh, the two cost unit that grants you two spell mana off the off the jump. Mm. Uh, which is why am I blanking on the name of that one? Because no one plays it, but I do know what it is. I've played it a lot in Path of Champions. It's the which one are you? Uh, you're talking about P and Z. Yeah, you're thinking uh, of Eager yeah. Apprentice. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. Eager, Eager Apprentice. Apprentice. Yeah, play Eager Apprentice. You grant give yourself two spell mana, 
and then um, you can play a spell of any sort that you want to play. Um, drop this thing, get another two spell mana. Two turns later, you know you're going to bank That's another two spell mana. Like it's a really efficient way to either maybe pair it with like a Nami deck of some sort, um, or either just maybe play some mid rangey, maybe a little bit more greedy spells in the mid game that you can plan on getting off in in the in the mid to late game, and just know that you're going to have some some. Uh, mana efficiencies there so that's that's kind of my thoughts at least off the jump yeah when i look at this i you know obviously like if you play kennen you play this summons an ephemeral kennen um you get to replay the kennen you already played then it summons another ephemeral kennen right that's four cannons for the price of one cannon in a landmark yep. and that's four like things like obviously if if this if if it's slow enough meta like that's really cool um and then you get your ephemeral ones that you you know you do get the opp opportunity mm -hmm. to um you know uh interact with and you know block with or whatever um I, i'm trying to think of you know it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how good ari is and if ari interacts with this in a really strong way because if yeah, ari she does. also levels up based off yeah. of returns then like it's pretty good, but I I do think like if you maybe play maybe if you play like Kenan least or Kenan and um and Yasuo like mm -hmm. you know this does help you get that Yasuo leveled up very quickly because this is gonna recall um something and then you're also gonna get the Kenan leveled up pretty quickly. I, there's something there. Um, I, I do think it's a really interesting landmark and it's probably the best landmark that Ionia has because all of other I mean. Think about the other one, the the, the shrine yeah. one that we talked about earlier. Like this is so much better than that. It's not even funny. And it like, achieves the same thing. Losing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't have to spend a mana to do it. Like, uh, like, like you pay play the pay the three for the monastery, and then every time you want to actually get anything out of the monastery, you have to pay one extra tax. Like, like it's a toll to use the card that you already paid for. Uh, at least I believe it's one mana, right? It creates a one mana recall, or is it a zero mana? Yes. No, it's one. Yeah, it's yeah. One. Okay, glad I'm not wrong on that. But my, but my point remains: like it's delayed value, and then you still have to keep paying for a very marginal benefit. It's a terrible, terrible card, and this gives you the recall, which you want for your synergies, and and gives you that immediately replacement, so that on that turn you're not actually getting negative tempo. You know, you're not gaining tempo, but you're not getting negative tempo. Or shoot, just play Egghead Researcher and then do this, and then you get three dragons <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can get behind that. Or, you know, um, just there's, there's a lot you can do with this. And that's what I like about it, is that it's like, how do you want to use that? Because you can the, – the world's your oyster. What do you want to make copies of? Uh, you can make copies of your five-mana guy, Gibby. There you go. <laughs> oh yes, I'll totally make copies of my five mana guy. Yeah. That's kind of backwards in the mana cost, but you know you could do it. Hey, you might draw this we'll on turn happen. six. You could play two of them on turn six. We'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. Honestly, this card with that five mana guy is really good. Like, you, if, yeah, because you, you can't rely on getting this on turn three. And it actually is interesting too because it utilizes countdown along. So maybe there's some Sharima action in here. You never know. You could. Yeah, I mean, this is this is just off. I mean, like. This isn't a card that you. I mean, it's good if you get it played on a, a on a two cost that's good or on a cannon with a good summon yeah, ability. Cannon but for it's sure. Better. It's like very very good also to like hold in your hand and get it on a good summon thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like Scythria. Like if you got this yeah. on your on your on your Scythria of the clouds or whatever her name is or, or um 
What was that? Was it uh, was it Guinevere or, or or Genevieve? I mean, Genevieve. Yeah, yeah, that, that one's not, like there are other good there yeah. are other good, good scenarios songs. here um, that Ooh. you could get this or Kinku sure. Wayfinder. So. What about with Mist Wraiths? Mist Wraiths? Yeah, on on the four yeah. drop yeah. Uh, Allegiance, mm-hmm. or even just a regular Mist Wraith. You play a Mist Wraith. You put this down, summon the Mist Wraith. Yeah, why not? And get an ephemeral Mist Wraith buffs again. Get another one later. Another Mist yeah. Wraith yeah, buffs that's, again. Yeah. There's options there. This is this is a pretty creative card. I I like this with Wayfinder a lot. Like if you run uh, a if you run a absolutely. if you I now I'm thinking like Canon Zed Wayfinder this like let's do some silly stuff. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Although you know Lulu well, would love to buff Canon. Uh like, oh yeah, Lulu yeah, would Kenan, very much like to buff Canon. Canon Lulu is not bad either. Um but, but I tell you what, guys, we've been recording for approximately oh, a little over three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, between this episode of the Mulligan that came out. Um, so we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you liked our insights. Um, we were going to do deck name game and closing thoughts this week, but we're just going to wrap up the episode. Beans, we're already an hour and 40 minutes in. So we want to thank you for listening. Uh, visit our Patreon. Uh, join, uh, join our Discord. Come hang out with us over there. Um, and I also, I had one other thing that was, oh, next week um we'll probably be like we'll probably be doing two champs in a hat um we really wanted to just review cards we'll come back to deck name game and stuff in the next episode mm-hmm. that we do that's covering rune terra um have fun and let us know what you're playing as well uh, if you got a deck that you're really excited about go post it in the discord let us know what you're uh yeah. being creative with and what you're playing and we'll do the same well and we've so, we've yeah. got a very active community that will be just buzzing you know uh during launch day we've got people from from California to to Massachusetts to Australia to everywhere, just kind of who's going to be jumping in there and sharing decks. And this it's a you know release season and a new you know new cards coming out is the perfect time to jump in and and join the community and say hi and make some friends and grab some deck codes. So we we highly encourage it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, that's probably going to do it for this episode. I want to thank all of you guys for listening and be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com/legendscast.